from MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Sharita Brent here with Ashley Jeffcoat, Digital Media Director for MPB. This morning, we're going to talk about using the Internet. We'll talk about Internet search browsers and engines as one better than the other. We'll also talk about your browser history. Is it something that should be deleted? Is there a way to reduce the number of ads that pop up while you're using the Internet? If you have any questions or comments about using the Internet, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. The number is 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with Ashley Jeffcoat, Digital Media Director for MPB. And today we're going to be talking about using the Internet. We'll talk about Internet search browsers and engines. Um, Are one of those better than the other? Firefox, Chrome, Google, Yahoo. I have some favorites out of those. We'll also talk about browser history. Is that something that you should delete? Bookmarking pages. Is that a good idea? Can you have too many bookmarked pages? And also, is there a way to reduce the number of ads that pop up? So we'll be talking about a variety of things as it relates to using the Internet this morning. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you want to let us know about your Internet use experience. Are you having some trouble browsing the Internet? Uh, are you having some trouble with ads disrupting your Internet experience? Call us at 877-MPB-RING. Or you can send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Ashley, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Sharita? I'm doing well. I have these super extra nuts that you recommended, and they are wonderful. Aren't they? Yep. I have eaten all the almonds out, but uh, there's still (laughs) plenty of peanuts and pistachios and pumpkin seeds left, so thank you for that suggestion. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, Do you have some tech news? I do. I thought we could talk about something a little bit interesting this morning. Um, Announced this week, Apple is replacing some emojis and changing some emojis in the next update for iOS that comes out this year. Okay. Um, It should be out, I believe, this fall. I'm not sure they don't, Apple hasn't said exactly when yet, mm-hmm. but um, several things are changing. The um, running man emoji okay. is a little bit more 3D now. He also looks like maybe he's lost some weight. So <laughs> he's been running for a few years now. So good on him. Um, they are replacing the pistol emoji with a squirt gun. Oh, okay. So like a little water gun. A little less um, yeah. Yeah, violent feeling. Yeah. Um, and, and a whole bunch, they're also going through and adding like both male and female versions of a bunch of different characters that maybe have only had one version before. Mm -hmm. So the two little dancing girls with the bunny ears or cat ears on their head. Now there's also two dancing boys. Okay. And I've seen more brown emojis as well. Yes. And that was something that they added in their last big change to emojis. Mm -hmm. Um, on Apple products, you can, if you tap and hold down over the emoji, it gives you a whole bunch of options for skin tone. That weren't there before. So interesting. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, now, something I'm no- I noticed, I'm on Snapchat and Instagram, and I noticed yesterday, I don't know how long this has been out, but Instagram has created Instagram stories, and it is very, very similar to the same formula that Snapchat uses. Isn't and it? Everybody is shocked. I mean, now, Instagram doesn't have the, the same amount of filters and some of the different features as Snapchat, but talk about this battle. I mean, this is like a, just, they just stole the formula. And it is such a, it's, and everyone is doing it from everyone else. Wow. Twitter's moving to a format that's a little more timeline based, like Facebook is. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be less about uh, things that you have, um, the more chronological order and more about things in uh, order of relevance or interest to you. Okay. So um, it's, the companies are all stealing from each other. <laughs> so do you think Snapchat is going to be done away with now that Instagram has Instagram stories? No. Okay. Snapchat's way too popular now, and it's growing way too quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, that Snapchat's going to be safe for a while, especially because of the face filters. Okay. Um, and just a, a little piece of good news. Uh, a couple older guys stopped me at church and said they listened to our show <laughs> and, and uh, that they enjoy us very much. But he, he said that, well, you know, I don't know what you guys are talking about half the time, but I still listen. I said, well, if you keep listening, you'll figure it out. You yeah. Know? So I thought that was cool. Um, and we have podcasts now. We do. Um, and how do you download the uh, MPB Everyday Tech Podcast? So you can go to just about any podcast app that you may have. Uh, that's where it's available on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, uh, Pocket Casts, any of those. And you just do a quick search for Everyday Tech and we'll pop right up in the search feed. You now can tell also, people what's the benefit of a podcast. So the benefit of the podcast is that you can listen to it on demand whenever you want. Through your podcast app, you can usually download the episode so that they're available offline for you to listen to. So you don't mm. have to be connected to an Internet connection. That's awesome. And you can just download and listen to them whenever you want. Sounds good. All right. We're trying to get ours up. We saw some of the uh, the other shows. Yeah. So, so hey, come on, guys. Download our podcast. If you, wanted, if you <laughs> don't want to go to a podcast and you just want to do it on your computer, you just go to mpbonline.org slash everyday tech. And there's a button right there for our podcast. Excellent. All right. We have a call. Esther is in Pearl with a question. Good morning. Esther, what do you have for us? Hi. I was calling uh, because I recently installed Java on my MacBook Pro. And I had just also prior to that downloaded the new version of El Capitan mm-hmm. on the MacBook Pro. Since I put the Java on, it's become really, really slow. And I was wondering if I should have added Java and what does it really do? So Java, the, the Java runtime is a necessary component for a lot of different programs to function. It's not really something that works actively for the most part. It's very much a background piece of software but it does tend to be riddled with bugs and can run make computers run really really slow what i would recommend you do is um and you should be able to uninstall java off of your mac Mm -hmm. and reinstall it once you've finished doing all of your other updates okay well i've I've finished updating (laughs) okay so i would just go ahead then and uninstall and reinstall it and so to uninstall java on your computer on a mac Go through the Finder icon and then to the Applications tab in the sidebar. And you should be able to search for Java Apple T plugin. It's an applet, but it looks like Apple T plugin. And it should show you a file. And you just delete that file that has that same name, Java Applet plugin. 
okay. and you want to delete that and then you can reinstall it. Why would I reinstall it? Because a lot of programs do need it. Oh, okay. So you'll notice that some programs may not function right without Java installed. Okay. Well, the reason I installed it, it's not functioning right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just pretty much uh, was a hassle getting it in there. And... Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Esther. Um, especially when it comes to games, I'll try to play a game on my phone and it'll say something like Java Shockwave something isn't installed. Yeah. It's Java's used it for a lot of different programs and um there a lot of things are written using Java and JavaScript. Mm-hmm. So you have to have that kind of back end available on your computer to make it work. All right. Um here's an email. I'm not sure we got to this one. It says, Do you have a recommendation? or comment on which smartphone, iOS or Android, to choose for a person who hasn't had a cell phone or... Oh, wait a minute. As I read it, I think we have gotten to this one. Uh, they said they had a flip phone several years ago with many using... Yeah, we got to this. I don't know. When I was reading it this morning, I was like, oh, I don't think we got to that one. And we we still answered anyway. <laughs> okay. Do you have now, a re- now our listeners are like... <gasps> right. I don't want to tease them like that. Uh, do you have a recommendation or comment on which smartphone, iOS or Android, to choose for a person who hasn't had a cell phone since a flip phone several years ago with many years using Windows computers? So... And this is, it's such, we could talk about this every show. <laughs> so if you have never had a smartphone before, it's pretty much impossible to, uh, it, well, it's, it's not impossible. You can avoid getting a smartphone. You can still get older versions of phones and use those if you want. You are not required to upgrade to a smartphone. So if you don't think you actually need a smartphone, don't upgrade to it because they're expensive. Yes. The bills are going to be higher because of data. It's, it's just expensive. But there are a lot of benefits to switching to a smartphone over something older like a flip phone. So what you can think about, though, and when trying to decide which one you want, there are a lot of similarities, and there are more similarities than there are differences between Android and Apple. And I'm sure that the extreme fanboys, fangirls, fan people on either side are like, no, but it, it's true. There's a lot more things that the app, the operating systems have in common than they have the different, especially for the average user. So, but the way they approach that, the, their interface and the way that you interact with them is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend that you go to the store or find a friend who has one or the other and just ask if you can play around with it and have them show you how it works. Um, I'd, I think that's easier and a better idea to not do that at the store because at the store there, you might have salespeople trying to pressure you into buying something you're not ready to buy. Yep. Something expensive. Yeah. But, um... Get don't, this phablet. Yeah, you go don't from a that. flip phone to a phablet. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, that seems like a terrible. Well, I mean, I mean, it could be fine. But anyway, point being, take some time, go somewhere with somebody that maybe you know who has one of these and is fairly and likes their phone a lot, and get them to show you the ropes of it. And then you can decide from there if it's if it's a a smartphone that is what you want. You can decide B if it's Android or Apple that you're going to be most comfortable using, and then just go with that one. Yeah, if you have grandkids, that would probably be the easiest thing to do because yeah. they have all the all the things. I mean, I know five and six year year olds with iPhones. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of people say that from their perspective, Apple is the easiest. But I've also heard plenty of people say the exact opposite that they use Android and think it's a lot easier to use than an iPhone. Both are function in a way that's vastly different from Windows. Okay. So it is definitely something that's going to be different if you're used to just your standard Windows environment. All right, a couple calls to get to. Alan is in Brandon with a question. Good morning. Alan, what do you have for us? 
Sharita and Ashley, how y'all doing? Hey, doing, doing well. Good, good. I, I just want to comment, you know, you're talking about the Internet, and uh, I, I'm a big fan of Firefox. I, I've used it for years, and I know people could probably argue what they like best. I like it. It, it, it works better with the screen reader I have to use. I've got low vision, so yeah. it, it's, very, it's very good. And I just want to urge people, I'm telling you, we got so much information, and if you don't let it, it's going to bury you if you don't learn how to manage it. So I urge you to use bookmarks often if yes. you think you're ever going to go back to this. I, mean, I know you can go through your history and stuff like that, but bookmarks are not hard to do. Uh, I know in Firefox, at least, you can hold the control key down and tap the D as in Delta key, and, the, and it'll immediately pop up the dialog box to save a bookmark. It's, it's not hard to do. And uh, uh, I just urge you to do it. I, I use that all the time because I, I tend to go back to, to sites where I'm thinking, oh, you know, I've, I know I've looked at that before, but what was it? And wh- here's what's nice, at least in Firefox, you can put your you can put focus up in the address bar like you would know if you were going to a new web page. Mm-hmm. Type an asterisk and then a space and then any any word that you think might have been in that bookmark name, and it'll give you a list of stuff that matches. Yeah. So it's re- it's real easy to to uh, to find stuff that you bookmark. So uh, don't don't be overwhelmed by by a long bookmark list because uh, it's pretty easy to navigate uh, using those those tricks and stuff. Yeah, there's all and, kinds of tricks like that in all the major browsers, and especially right. with Firefox. Firefox has been around for a really long time. It's one of the oldest browsers, huh? It, it is, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it has a huge support and development community behind it. So yeah. if you want yeah. something that has all kinds of functionality that you can add to it, Firefox is by far and away the way to go. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and, and also on that uh, Instagram, Snapchat thing that everybody's talking about today, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think uh, Xerox tried to sue Apple back in the day. Unfortunately, you just can't copyright and legally protect look and feel of these these programs and stuff. And yeah. Somebody yeah. Obviously not. <laughs> Yeah, if somebody comes up with something that's going to work, I mean, people are going to copy it. So, you know, be flattered and, you know, move on. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, that's just the way it is. It, it's kind of hard to to protect the way, you know, the user interface and stuff. So, yep, but, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so, so much, anyway, Alan. That's my comment. Y'all have a great day. All right. Thank you. You too. We appreciate it. Um, we're going to get back to bookmarks in just a second. First, we're going to go to George and Newton, who has a question. Good morning, George. Yeah, uh, hello. Um, y- y'all are great, man. But uh, I'm a, uh, I'm an old Cretan or something. <laughs> Argoral is what I call myself. But uh, that sounds pretty cool to me. Uh, uh, kind of forced me to uh, get an i uh, iPad, and because uh, she she claims uh, she she can't get in touch with with me. Okay, so what in the world is data? And how come, I, I don't know this is the case, but how come uh, what I did caused her bill to go up by $10 because of my use of um, excess data? Uh, yeah. I'm, that what, is a good, what, good question. All I want from the phone is like an encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> At a dictionary. That's all I want from the folks. I don't want, I don't want videos. I don't want anything. You know. Yeah. So, so please, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. 
No, 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 no. Uh, I, I don't know if you could identify a question in there, but could you tell an old man what to do? Yeah, we got you, George. <laughs> we got you. So data is the um, the stuff that is sent between computers. So if you are looking at a website on your phone or like you said, if you open up an encyclopedia app and you're looking up information on it, that information is being transferred to your phone as data. And every single thing that your phone does constitutes some kind of data use. Even if you're not actively using your phone, it's still going to be using data because you'll have apps that are updating in the background You'll have email that's being checked in the background. All of that stuff is constantly happening. So there's always going to be some data use happening on your phone. Does that part make sense? Oh, yeah. I got you. I got I'm following you. Okay. So what probably happened is that you are probably on the same plan that she is. Yeah, so it's a family plan. Right. And when she added you... She may not have increased her data limit, her data cap enough. Because for all of these companies... She did increase it, but it might not have been enough. Right. Mm -hmm. They're all going to offer a certain data cap. And whenever you hit that cap, it's going to cost you an extra $10 for another gig. And that's usually how it works. So This is my my question, I think. Is, uh, like, uh, okay, so I'll, I'll... I, I agreed to the deal that we agreed to. Uh, we're friends, me and my son. But like, uh, uh, like the ten dollar increase. Could I just uh, send her ten dollars in the mail or something? And uh, that sounds good to me. And, and that would take care of it. I mean, I, it seems to me like it's uh, some kind of uh, 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 exponential increase in your. Uh, data costs that these companies are charging you rather than an arithmetical increase in the data. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, well, you owe $10, you pay that, it's gone. But, no, it's never going to go away. you got to just keep tipping down on the $10. Well, once you, what happens is, and it resets every month. So the amount of data that you use resets every single month. So you can go over one month and have that extra $10 on top of the regular bill. And then the next month, it's back to zero. So you'd have to build all the way back up. And then if you don't hit that cap, you don't know the next, you don't owe any extra $10. So if it's going to be one of those things that if, and I would recommend you talk with your sister about it and say, hey, look, if this is going to be a regular occurrence, maybe we need to look at upping that data plan so that you don't keep hitting that Thing every month or alternately maybe take a look and see it's something that you can do to make some changes in your use or her use yeah i was going to say this as a reminder to george that to make make sure he's using wi-fi when he can and to turn his data right. off when he doesn't need it so right no, the, uh, the, the, uh, google or, or, or the iphone system told me uh, use wi-fi but i don't even i don't even have a computer in my house i just have the uh so it doesn't sound like you have, you don't have just like a plain internet connection in your home for your computers or any, because you don't have a computer. 
right? The iPad. <laughs> yeah, just the iPad. So um, if you don't have like cable internet or DSL internet or something like that run to your house, you're not going to have Wi-Fi as an option. But a lot of places that you go around to, like a lot of restaurants and bookstores and coffee shops and places like that, do provide free Wi-Fi. And if you were going to sit somewhere and maybe do a whole bunch of reading or browsing, looking at stuff on the internet, if you do go to somewhere like that and then connect to their free Wi-Fi, it does not count against data. So that's how you can get around it. And if you want to turn data off on your phone when you're not using it, you can do that. You'll go through the settings on your app and then into cellular. That'll be an option. And right there at the very top, you can turn cellular data off. And what that does is it any it just kind of disconnects it from cellular data. Now, if you have a Wi-Fi connection, it would just connect straight to that. If you don't, though, you're not going to be using any data at all while that's turned on. So that might be a good way to kind of get an idea of how much data, because it sounds to me like you probably don't use it that much anyway. All right, George, thank you for your call and good luck to you. We appreciate it. Uh, we are going to take our first break and all our lines are open. The number is 877-MPB-RING if you want to join the conversation. We're talking about using the Internet. Is there a way to reduce the number of ads that pop up? Later we'll get into um, antivirus software. If you have a preference for one of the browsers, do you prefer Firefox, Firefox, Chrome, uh, Google, Yahoo, one of those engines, you can give us a call, 877 7464 if you have any questions or comments about using the internet. We'll be back in just a moment. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sheree DeBrent here with Ashley Jeffcoat, Digital Media Director for MPB. Today we're talking about using the Internet, um, and you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions or comments about using the Internet. Uh, Ashley, who runs the Internet? Is there like some kind of Internet emperor or what? <laughs> um, technically, yes. Oh. there in, in a very loose term, there is an, uh, an agency that is kind of like in charge of the infrastructure okay. of the Internet. And has Man, I bet to do you they with, are really rich. Well, Good it's not it, it's not much because okay. <laughs> what they're in charge of is like the the way that the Internet is constructed and maintaining um, like they're the people who say, well, you can have a dot org dot com dot net. And then they recently mm -hmm. opened up so that people could buy their own dot whatever. Yeah. And they're the 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 agent, the governing body in charge of that kind of thing mm -hmm. for the Internet and in charge of different things like um it's very high level technical stuff okay. revolving around the internet. As far as the actual content on the internet goes, 
It is a free-for-all. It is technically governed by the uh, country. <laughs> by the people. By, by the people. For by the people. By the country in which the servers are housed. Okay. For that information. All right. But it's it's very convoluted. Modern law has not done a very good job of keeping up with Internet and the way that the Internet works and how disjointed it is and how it's worldwide. But there's also local components to it. Law has not done a good job of keeping up with it. So there's not really any big regulatory agency out there other than the one that's in charge of the infrastructure of the Internet. Obviously, it's not regulated uh, because there are some crazy things on the Internet. Yes. <laughs> Lots of calls to get to. We're going first to Andrew in Long Beach. Good morning, Andrew. What's your comment? Uh, yeah, I was just going to comment. Uh, the lady was talking about installing Java, and then her computer started running slow, which is that might have been true, but uh, it brought up some brought something to my mind that whenever you're installing these programs off the Internet, I follow a rule that's called opt-out, and that means... Every time you install Java, it's going to try to install some type of search bar, some it's type true. of extra something, some adware that you don't need. It's going to slow your computer down, and it's on everything, McAfee, virus, software, um, which I think is terrible. But um, <laughs> Here's some junk to go with your, your, an- your antivirus yeah, software. So any, anything that you're installing, make sure you click the little check box or un check the box because it comes checked already or i mean and they're always trying to confuse you to get you to install this extra stuff that's a great suggestion it is uh, andrew because many times you're just like yes 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 install whatever whatever. i just want to get it done every button i'll click just to get through this (laughs) and then like you said you'll have six more bars on (laughs) on your uh computer on your home page you're trying to figure out what's going on that's a good good suggestion on your desktop which eats up your ram and all that oh yeah um just opt out and your browsing and installing and stuff will go much more smoothly. <laughs> Excellent. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Andrew. We appreciate that suggestion. All right. Uh, we are going next to David, who's on the road. Good morning, David. What do you have for us? Yeah, good morning. I just want to say, Brady, you have the most pleasant voice of anyone on radio. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so Aww. much. Yeah. Uh, my question is, I just got my first smartphone last week and Every time I want to download an app, it always asks for permissions. And is that safe? I mean, I feel like I'm opening myself up or giving giving my information or my friend's information away. How how safe are apps to be downloaded? I know you have to do it, or you don't get yeah. any apps. Yeah. Well, that is a that answer has like a can of worms behind it. The short version of that answer is maybe. It really depends on the app and what permissions it's asking for. I would always recommend before you download any app that you take a look at the reviews. If the app doesn't have many reviews, I would just skip right over that one. Because, yep, red flag. Yeah, that's a red flag to me. I would look for ones that have a good number of reviews. And by a good number, I'm saying 500 plus reviews that you can go in and look and say, hey, okay, what are people saying about this app? And you can see if people are complaining about it asking for a bunch of permissions that it doesn't really need, anything like that. And that'll be your tip off if you think that maybe this isn't the best. You will also can go to the developer's website. All good developers on the, the who are on the up and up know that they're going to have to ask you for permission to do certain things on your phone. Because it's a security feature in your phone 
to make sure that to make the apps have to ask explicitly for the information that they're trying to get as a protection for you. And if you go to their developer page for these apps, they should tell you, hey, this app is asking for my location. Why does it need that? And the app developer will tell We'll have a little explanation. Okay, well, this is why we have to ask for um, access to your contact list. This is why we have to ask for access to your location. And it'll explain it to you. And you can decide what you want to do with that information then. Um, it's definitely a thing that it pays to do a little bit of research and to be informed. Now, there's a lot of apps out there that you can download that don't ask for anything. They just want to sit there on your phone and do stuff. They're pretty basic. But a lot of them are going to ask for permission. And for a lot of apps, you can tell them no, and you can still continue to use the app to some degree. Just certain features may not work right. So, for example, you can tell Instagram that, no, I don't want you to have my location. That's still fun. You can do that. It just won't be able to tag your location anymore if you wanted to tag where your picture was just taken. But I, I like what you just said when you said it's okay to say no, because yes. recently on my Facebook Messenger app, it tried to sync my text messages with my Messenger app. And I was like, no, nope. I don't want that to happen. And so I said no. And my Messenger app works normally. Right. <laughs> so it is OK to say no. And yeah. uh, like you said, do a little research. Uh, uh, David, I thank you. Go ahead, David. I, I could understand where like an app like uh, Map My Ride or something needs to know your location in order right. to calculate the GPS calculations. But why would something like that need to have access to my contacts? That that doesn't that well, makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah, and I can I can definitely understand that. So for some of the apps that ask for contact lists and access to your contacts, the reason they're doing it is because they if you if they a lot of them have options to like share locations with your friends, where you can send something to your friend that says hey look, here I am, or to track that kind of, do stuff like that. And if it doesn't have access to your your contact list, it can't do that for you. So a lot of apps will ask for it for things like that. And just so that it can give you the option to share information with your contacts. It's not so that the app itself can go through and do stuff with your contacts. Yeah, and a lot of these things are connected, especially to Facebook. Facebook has just done a wonderful job of being connected to almost any <laughs> app. You can sign in with Facebook. When I'm using something like Candy Crush, it gives me access to all the other Facebook users who are using yeah. Candy Crush, and I can ask them for lives and everything. So, yeah, there's always uh, some kind of reason they're asking for those things. But just, just do some research, David, but you are right to be a little cautious. Thank you so much for your call. We're going next to Mary in Braxton with a question. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Sharita. Hello. I'm glad to, uh, and I can't remember the other lady. But good morning to you, too. Ashley, thank you. <laughs> Ashley. Uh, I'm glad you weren't in the first uh, thing this morning on, on the housing, because they were talking about somebody opening up some of the roof and the snake fell in the, in the house. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Sharita would have been done. Yep. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> He's been screaming out the door. Uh, I have feelings uh, for George. I'm an old fossil. Uh, he didn't say fossil, but he indicated he probably up there where I am. Uh, fossils are, are valuable, Mary, by the way. We, we love fossils. <laughs> Super valuable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was wondering, is there uh, any way to get a uh, computer uh, that 
that you could slow it down because I, I tried to learn to to send an email and I couldn't get to the the little pointer in time before it moved off and decided to do something else. So you have some kind of like training software to teach you how to do something, and it's just going way too fast. Well, I was I wasn't actually on a training uh, thing like that, but. There are uh, there are uh, apps that you can put on that will slow it down. Um, it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. There are a lot of um, accessibility options on your computer or and on your phone that you can turn on that make it a lot easier to use. As far as like make giving you longer time to click on things. Um, so yeah, you can definitely slow things down a little bit for you. So. Is there any particular uh, uh, company that does a better job of that? Because I don't have anything at all. I, yeah. don't, even, uh, I don't even. I have a, a code I can use for a little bit of that stuff. But. So, what kind of technology do you have first, so I can figure out what's going to work best for you? Well, I got a, a, a flip phone, uh, and uh, I've got uh, some. Handheld uh, computer games, and that's about it. Okay. I I don't have I don't have a, uh, a machine at all. Yeah. So it sounds like. Do you have a smartphone? No. Okay. All right. Let's see. And that does kind of limit what you can do if you're if you've just you said you've just so you've got a flip phone, and no computer at all. What I was wondering is if. There is a company that sells one that's better. I I would yeah going about before I got involved in yeah putting so, money there. Um, for computers, both Mac and Windows offer a huge array of accessibility options. That just enormous. Apple's been doing it longer. And I personally think they do it better, but that's a personal opinion. I also know plenty of people who love what Windows does. does. And you can get an either of the any computers that are made from win, by Windows or by um, Apple typically work really, really well. As far as phones go, Android phones and Apple phones both have a lot of great accessibility options. I think the built-in functionality on the iPhone is better than what's built-in on Android. But Android has the option to download a whole lot of other stuff that's not already there. Um, iPhone also integrates well with uh, a lot of other stuff. And um, I have a cousin who is blind, and he um, loves his he, – he uses an iPhone, and it connects with all of his stuff so that he can use it. So to me, whenever I think about accessibility and things and, like, really customizing the experience on those things, I always I, I think of, of an Apple – I think Apple, because it's just what my cousin uses. <laughs> All right, Mary, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. And we really need to take a break. We're a little bit behind. Rosina, if you can hold on just for a moment, we'll get to you and Sam in Memphis. And we have an email to get to from Sandra. And we have a couple lines open. If you want to join the conversation this morning, we're talking about using the Internet. So if you have any questions about Internet browsers or engines, how to reduce the number of ads that pop up while you're browsing the Internet, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. Any comments or questions you have about bookmarking pages, cookies, or browser history, 877-MPB-RING is the number. Rosina and Sam, you're up next. We'll be back after this break. 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sheree Brent in studio with Ashley Jeffcoat, Digital Media Director for MPB. Today we've been talking about using the Internet. And if you have any questions or comments about Internet browsers or engines, uh, if you have any questions about what affects the speed of an Internet, maybe yours is running too slowly and you want to know how to make it better. Uh, If you want to know about antivirus software when it comes to the Internet, or is there a way to reduce the number of ads that pop up while you are browsing, 877-MPB-RING is the number. We do have a couple lines open, 877-672-7464, or email everydaytech at mpbr.com. Online.org. Some emails to get to, but first we're going to Rosina and Braxton. Thank you so much, Rosina, for holding on. What's your question? I appreciate y'all. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm uh, researching antivirus software for my Mac. I read that Kapersky, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, can make the machine run slower. I have really slow DSL and sketchy. Um, wireless service. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at Bitdefender, but that's iCloud-based. Any suggestions? Um, There's several different options out there that are available for Mac that run really well. Um, I'm pulling up my research thing that I use. Whenever I go to look and research Uh things for antivirus, there is a great website that's um, AV Test, and it is an uh, independent research company, and they specifically test antivirus software. Perfect. And they always do. They run them through, like, the gambit, and that's what I always kind of rely on uh-huh. whenever I need to look it up. So I'm waiting on them. And I'd like to go and look, like, when someone asks the question because these things change. Well, the so. Kapersky, I mean, I guess it's, is it subjective on machine running slow? It 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 can be. Okay. Because there's a lot of different things that that actually will oh, oh, compare results. There's a lot of different things that can lead to a computer act behaving slow when it's running mm-hmm. a certain antivirus. There's lots of other things to keep in mind. So if we were to look for the Best home user. Those fingers are moving really fast, Ashley. Huh? I know. My fingers are like flying across the screen (laughs) here to find the best. In real time. Yeah. So you have a Mac, right? I do. Okay. It's a new one. Good. That's nice. Okay. Oh, this thing doesn't want to give me a. Hear me. uh, If you need to email me, that's fine. I can. My well, I, I was just looking at this the other day. That's what's frustrating. <laughs> okay, oh, I, I believe I have found it. So, AV test is a good site to know, though. Yes, av-test.org. Okay. So, in the things that were put to the test for Mac, AVG Antivirus 2015 was uh-huh. the best rated for that year. Uh-huh. Um, and this was done in, two, this is a study from June 2016. 
So just a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, AV, AVG antivirus has been top of the line. Um, the none, one right under that is Bitdefender. Yeah, and that was the iCloud. I did not look at AVG. Yeah, AVG might work better. I don't believe it's cloud-based. Mm-hmm. So it might it should run a lot better than something that's okay. super-duper cloud-based. It's still going to need to have time to download definitions. Yeah, but, you know, you can do that overnight. Right, exactly. Um, I'm looking to see. Avast also did very well. Oh, and that's free, isn't it? Yes, it is. So you might want to check that one out, too. And so is AVG. AVG is also free. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Great. Thank you very much. I would start there. Rosina, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. Um, Hey, this... uh, Okay, well, get get to this email in just a second, uh, because Sam has been holding on for a while. Sam is in Memphis. Good morning. Sam, what do you have for us? Yes. uh, I have a cable internet uh, at home, and... I also stream Netflix and YouTube on my television. Mm -hmm. In the morning, it works fine, but in the evening, uh, it keeps buffering most of the time. Oh, dear. I believe you might be experiencing the... um, Hello. Sharita's doing some hand motions, and now there's someone dancing in the window. All kinds of stuff's happening around here. Radio is a place that does not need to be on TV because it's pure chaos. (laughs) And I am just trying to help Sam. Now, go ahead. um, It sounds what what you're experiencing to me is something that is the unfortunate streaming nighttime buffer. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's actually a thing that happens because at in the nighttime is usually in that early evening to late evening hours is a peak internet use time. Okay. So that means that there's a lot of people using it all at the same time. And depending on your internet service provider, the way they run those cables, if you live in like an apartment complex or somewhere like that. Okay. My next question was, uh, you know, if I put a splitter on the internet cable and plug my DVR, which I use to a uh, DVD player, which I use to stream, mm-hmm. uh, into another uh, um, modem, would that help? Not necessarily, because you're you're still have just the same base connection coming into where you are, okay. so it won't increase the amount of connection that you're getting. Oh, all right. So, so it'll be still, still the same amount of right. signal or whatever. Okay. All right. Uh, so what's the other alternative? Uh, is there anything else? I would um, – there's certain certain other companies do it a little bit differently. So depending on who your cable company is, if you're with cable, like with um, Comcast or um, – Yeah, it's Comcast. I would think about giving a call to AT&T and seeing what they have to offer in Uverse. It's going to be different from service area to service area. The where you live will make a big difference on what kind of connection you can get. But um, I would do that. I would also run a speed test. And you can Uh do this at home without having to call anybody. Right, right. And make sure you're getting what you're being paid, what you're paying for. Okay. And... They're going to tell you, well, we have, you know, you'll get peak slowness during peak hours, so there's not much we can do about that. But if you complain about it, they might uh-huh. be able to 
to help you out at least with maybe making charging you a little bit less, maybe raising your speed a little bit more so that you have access to more of the speed that's coming through on those connections. And that can make a big difference for you. All right, Sam, thank you so much for your call. Uh, this email is from Sandra. If somebody posts something, say on Facebook, and they reference something with a hashtag, does that post somewhere? What is this hashtag stuff? So um, hashtags are used in different places by everyone for everything. Um, it, it started on Twitter. Twitter is the originator of the hashtag. Really? And, mm-hmm. Also known as a number sign, folks. Yeah, it's yeah. A, a number the sign, pound. pound. But it is a hashtag now. It's mm-hmm. for that's this, unfortunately, it because it's the hash sign is what it is. Yeah. So anyway, it started on Twitter as a way to um, tag conversations so that they can all be followed. So maybe people who aren't following each other and are have, but are having conversations around a specific topic, you could check that hashtag and see, oh, these are what people are talking about in these hashtags. It's since moved on to be a part of just about everything that we do. Um, on Facebook, it works about it works very similar to how it does on um, Twitter. Twitter, where if you ha- see a hashtag, you can click on it and it'll pull up a list of everything else that everything else that's using those similar hashtags. Gives you some idea of what's going on. You'll see things that have been posted by other people and are now public. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. So when you're putting a status on Facebook and you want to uh, hashtag something, if you want to hashtag the word love, you would just put the hash sign in front of love and it should highlight it. And then when you click on that, everything under the hashtag love is going to come up. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So if you are Sharita is really great at posting every hashtag on her Facebook profile updates. So, yes, she's she's like the pro. (laughs) <laughs> but what it means is you just you can tap on them, roll and scroll through them and click on them and you'll see other things that have that tag. Yep. Or related to it's, it's a great way to brand yourself as well. It is. Because you can create a hashtag from scratch, one that has never been used. So I, I try to do that for uh, branding purposes. Yeah. Uh, lots of calls to get to. We are going to Viney um, in Belleville. Good morning. What do you have for us? Good morning. How are you? Hey, doing well. My question is. I have all of these unwanted emails that I keep getting. Oh, and man. I got 3,000, and uh, I don't check them every day. But anyway, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> How can I avoid getting all of these unwanted? And I don't open it if I don't know who it is. I don't open it anyway. Right. So what what should I do? Well, there is a really cool service out there called Unroll Me. And what you do with Unroll Me and the way it works is, um, and the website is unroll, like U-N-R-O-L-L dot M-E. And the way it works is that you let it connect to your inbox and it goes through and looks at all the stuff that's in your inbox and helps you categorize and sort those emails if there's something that you can unsubscribe from, you just tell, you tell, just unroll me. I don't want that anymore. I don't want that anymore. I don't want that anymore. And it handles getting rid of everything. If there's stuff that you do get and you might kind of want, like sales things from shops or wherever, instead of getting them every single time, you can have unroll me, hold on to all of them, and then give you a digest. Mm. <laughs> it's like, here are all the emails from Old Navy that you got this week. That's cool. 
I wish I had known about this before. Yeah. <laughs> because no. I just stay unsubscribing stuff. Yeah. No, this thing handles it for you. Okay. And so I get an email every day that's my roll up mm-hmm. every day that has all the emails that I didn't want to see in my inbox for the day. I can go through those and look at them. And if it's something I'm interested in, I can tell them to just stick, to just send it to me. And if it's something that I'm not interested in, I can just tell them to unsubscribe me from that newspaper, from that newsletter. I'm writing that down right now. It is a super useful tool for cleaning out your inbox. Unroll me. Okay. Uh, Good luck with that, Viney. Thanks for your call. We are going next to Janine in Greenwood. Good morning, Janine. What do you have for us? Hi. How are you guys? Doing well. Excellent. Great. I do a lot of things online because I live in a place where I don't have access to a lot of stuff. So I do a lot of searching and a lot of shopping. And then at times when I'm on Facebook or even Google... And I will be um, inundated with ads, you guys mentioned about the ads, of things that I had actually recently searched for, like hotel accommodations mm-hmm. or a dress for my children or a backpack or what have you. Is there any way I can, um, and I, I have a Mac, so I use Safari, is there, is there any option on there that I can kind of opt out of to get them from tracking my shopping and, 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 and searching habits? So that they don't advertise to me when I'm on other websites? Yes, there are options to disable on that. So um, for Safari specifically, what you're going to look for is you will be disabling website tracking. And the way you do it is open Safari Uh and in the top navigation where you have your Apple menu, click on Safari and then Preferences. Once the pane opens... Click on privacy, and then you can go down. There's an option that says website tracking, and you can. there's a checkbox that you can use to ask websites not to track me. Okay. All right. Uh, Linda, we're going next to you. We have about 30 seconds. Linda, what's your question? Okay. Uh, my question is, I have a Toshiba, and it's a 10.1, I believe, Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And when it's updating, it'll show all the prompts that it's going through the update, and then eventually... Uh, I get another prompt that's saying it's, it's undoing the updates, and I don't know why it's doing that. Okay. So you have, you have something that's undoing updates? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That, um, sometimes that happens if an update installs incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Incorrectly, it will then roll back to prevent any system problems. Okay. And then you can try to do that update again. And see what happens. It happens all the time. All the time. And mm-hmm. there's probably an update in there that is mm-hmm. not going to, it just isn't working for whatever reason. So I okay. would go through the list of updates that it's trying to do and do them one by one. Okay. All right, Linda, thank you for that call. Ashley, somebody wanted to know what was the process again of downloading our podcast from the computer. So if you go onto com- the computer, mpbonline.org slash Everyday Tech, mm-hmm. there's a button that says podcast. Okay. And what's your joke for today? Um, so I sold my vacuum the other day. All it was doing was collecting dust. <laughs> Ashley wins again. <laughs> that <laughs> you one's the, pretty... You, you win the internet. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap us up here on Everyday Tech. If you did not get to give us a call, you can send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Thanks for everybody who did call today. Jonas was our board operator and Kevin Farrell was our, no, Sam Wells was our call screener. So the remedy is up next. This is Think Radio.